his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Megan Lynch. Mondays here on Total Information AM, we map the geospatial sector. Geospatial technology is being used to solve problems surrounding one of our most precious natural resources, water. I had the opportunity to speak with Siddharth Saxena, Assistant Professor of Civil and Environmental Engineering at Virginia Tech. He's also a member of the Planning Committee for the American Water Resources Association's upcoming Geospatial Water Technology Conference. We sit on the Mississippi River here, and so obviously we see a lot of uh, the challenges that communities face with water, pollution, flooding, things of that nature. Talk about what some of the top water resource issues are today that your organization tackles. Like you mentioned, you know, water quality protection as well as flood mitigation definitely comes under some of those uh, issues that the organization helps to uh, bring people together towards, uh, you know, potentially solving uh, there's, you know, climate change is one of the big issues that affects the water systems across the globe. And so that is certainly one of the, the big issues um, that the organization uh, helps to address. Uh, agricultural water use, providing water for uh, providing safe and clean drinking water for communities uh, is a big issue that a lot of our members have, uh, you know, been doing some tremendous work across uh, the country. And then uh, more recently, even groundwater depletion, like managed aquifer recharge is one of those uh, areas of, you know, tremendous potential, but also, you know, an area that is the need of the art, right? Because we're depleting our groundwater resources faster than we can imagine. And so, uh, so yeah, our, all our, you know, researchers, scientists, industry folks, part of the organization, uh, they, they're all involved in doing, you know, trying to solve some, some of these issues. And more recently, we've even like started to look at like systems-based approach towards water resources management, where all, you know, we're trying to look at how each of these issues can potentially impact each other and then kind of work towards like more ecosystem health and public health benefits that, that could happen, you know, that could be potentially transferred across to the community. Well, obviously, we've always had mapping of a lot of these issues and in more recent decades, probably modeling but when you look at some of the new geospatial technologies that you can harness, um, explain you know, how those are being used and applied in some of these issues. Yeah, it's uh, uh, you know another great question. 
question. So, uh, like you mentioned, you know, remote sensing and uh, kind of the groundwater resource map or the GIS resource mapping was, uh, you know, kind of the initial flux towards how GIS and geospatial technologies can came into the water resources engineering. And, you know, obviously modeling and monitoring are the key pillars of how we get access to our data. Um, but recently, like in terms of modeling, where we have moved forward with is like more early building early warning systems. And so, um, you know, as a part of like uh, the AWRA, we are trying to push for like more of these new advanced technology applications like data science. And so bringing in AI machine learning also into the field uh, in geospatial technology. So not just being able to say what's the risk of flooding at a location, but being actually able to say 18 hours in advance, okay, this is the road that's going to get flooded. This is the, these are the houses that are potentially at risk. So you can, you know, plan for better evacuation and things like that. The other area of resource, so this would be more on short-term mitigation and kind of response for these events um, that we are facing, but then also looking at like climate change impacts and building tools that can tell us, okay, in 2050 or in 2100, what's the risk and associated uncertainty with that risk that we can quantify. So if you want to, you're thinking about buying a house in an area, what's going to be the risk propagation? So, uh, so that's just, you know, more specific to flood modeling and hydrologic modeling and I'm talking more about it because that's kind of my field of expertise too. Um, but even in water quality, right, you know, we have PFAS, that's a new contaminant of, of concern that, that start, you know, that a lot of people have started to build towards. And, and so GIS kind of spreads its wings across all of these, right? So that, um, you know, and a couple of interesting uh, things I would like to mention is uh, the tremendous work done by NOAA and USGS. I think those two organizations are, uh, you know, federal organizations that are doing tremendous work in collecting, connecting, and modeling of this data. So one great application is the National Water Model that is now able to forecast what's going to be the flow in the rivers across the entire country, which is a tremendous effort. And of course, you know, they're consistently improving and uh, building towards it. So we're going to be highlighting a lot of their work at the conference as well. And then the USGS in, uh, you know, building uh, works where they're doing more knowledge graph based asset connections and they're working with the Internet of Water people. Uh, so basically, you know, bringing more data to the people so that we can make more decisions and kind of also thinking about the equity aspect of things uh, across the water science domain. I love that you brought up equity because that was one of the things that I thought of, you know, obviously we are technology rich here in the United States, but I'm wondering how this is being leveraged to help more disadvantaged populations around the world. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And uh, I think what has started with the National Science Foundation making this a big part of their research mandate is now they're asking all researchers to think about equity in everything that they're doing. So it has really helped the water community in trying to understand the issues. Like, for example, um, they're trying to build a tool right now that can do socioeconomic vulnerability assessment across the country for like flood based systems. So do the do they are you know we, we know that there are communities that get hit by floods more frequently but then there are also communities that even when there's a small flood there's flooding happening right we wouldn't necessarily have insurance for those areas because insurance are like 400 year flood events and things like that right so 
So there are, you know, the geospatial technology, what it has allowed to do is kind of link the census data, all of the data that we get from census.gov and link it to these hydrologic models that we hadn't done in the past in trying to understand, okay, what's really going on with, with this equity uh, aspect of things. And that's kind of helping us understand and bring these issues more to light. Uh, I, I would still say it is uh, the research is still nascent in that area, but the impacts are, we're already seeing the impacts because now more than ever, there are more stakeholders that are participating in our research projects from the communities. And just as an example, I work on a project where we're working with a super neighborhood in Houston that they constantly get battered with floods and uh, they basically, you know, don't have the resources to do the research but they're very engaged and in trying to understand that they help us identify like what would be the locations where we can put in some green infrastructure that can help in potentially mitigating the impacts. And so with, with NSF and other agencies mandating these, um, you know, integrations and teamworks along with the communities, I think we're getting closer and closer to at least first identifying issues properly and then potentially addressing them along the way. But we still do have a long way to go. And uh, I really uh, am very appreciative of the, the leadership at AWRA and they've been pushing for uh, equity in uh, in the as, as a part of the association for a long time. And in every of in each of our conferences now we have a DEI uh, panel where we bring people who have expertise in water resources but have also worked with communities to talk about issues. They could be local issues where we have the conference, but they could also be more societal in general. Uh, and just the, the last piece I would add is like when you talk about global issues, right, they, they're in, in terms of equity because you mentioned like that being a problem across the, the world. That's where, you know, remote sensing is going to play a key role, I think, uh, because uh, up to this point, we never had good data across the globe at a consistent resolution. But with like the SWAT mission, the the, the recent satellite the, that has been launched, that can now be able to estimate the water levels anywhere across the globe. That's gonna uh, really change the game because we'll know what is happening at a very high resolution across the world. And I think with that combined with like high resolution topography, uh, remote sensing satellites and things like that, combined with that, we'll have a lot more tools to to make better informed decisions for communities that don't may not have local resources to do something about it. Well, lastly, I want to let you kind of give a plug for what you have coming up. The American Water Resource Association has a, the Geospatial Water Technology Conference. And I think you've already kind of hinted at this, but, you know, really, what is the importance when you can bring all these minds together in one location? Yeah, so, yeah, it's a, it's a great question again. And, yeah, we're really excited about the Geospatial Water Technology Conference. And it's uh, it's been one of the... Uh, conferences that was established by sort of the folks who started bringing in GIS in water resources. So we have a great legacy. But the idea is that in, as a part of this conference, we're trying to build uh, build this, uh, you know, the program such that people who are now starting to do more data science applications 
uh, and all of these you know early warning system frameworks and those national scale applications of geo uh, geospatial technology and water resources we're bringing all of those people together to talk about the problems but also the solutions so this is more a solutions based conference where we are looking at okay how can we potentially solve these problems and so there's options of a lot of panel discussions and uh, and really the great thing about the AWRA GIS and water resources is that anybody who's interested in GIS water resources and has been doing research is potentially already part of that association so we get to see uh, we have a you know kind of a community of folks and it's a very welcoming community also as part of the conference so i really like going to that conference mainly because you get to have these detailed interactions and actually uh, build connections through the conference too a big push uh, from the AWRA has been uh, for student engagement and education. So we do have a lot of amazing workshops happening at the conference relating to like, teaching uh, programming languages in R, dealing with water data, using programming languages, machine learning. There's a workshop on AI machine learning as well. So, um, and, and the students also get the opportunity with the career panel. We've had students who come to the conference and have jobs after they leave the conference. So there's, you know, with, with the, uh, with, with, so that's also a tremendous opportunity for students, but mainly, you know, research, promoting research is the core part of the mission. So, you know, making sure that the, you know, state of the art research in, in geospatial technology can be communicated is, is the biggest uh, kind of agenda on the conference and we are very uh, happy with the conference program we have over you know 100 uh, presenters doing presentations across the three days as well as uh, you know a bunch of plenary speakers who uh, you know from the USGS uh, uh, as well and USGS has a big program so if, if someone's interested in like all of the national hydrography data topography data to use which is you know almost everybody who does anything GIS uses that data in water so that would also be a tremendous opportunity to get to engage with them. And uh, so this is just, you know, my uh, short pitch, I guess, for the Geospatial Technology Conference. But we also have two other conferences happening this year. Uh, one is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama in April. Um, and that is a, uh, that is our spring conference that is based on more future risk uh, technologies and building towards uh, resiliency, water resiliency. And it, we have, we're having it in Tuscaloosa because we have the National Water Center there. So that's going to be, if, if you're interested in engaging with federal agencies, that's going to be the conference to be at. Because uh, USGS is building a new instrumentation facility and there's tours to both, both the, you know, those facilities there available at the conference too. And finally, you know, uh, the last one we have is uh, in, in end of September, we have the national and the annual conference, the 60th anniversary conference in St. Louis. So, um, and that's going to be a tremendous one because we're co uh, collaborating with the University's Council on uh, Water Resources and NIWAR. So both of them are like, you know, legacy water resources uh, institution. They have great legacy. And so we are, you know, we're expecting over 600 participants at the conference. And that's going to have all of these themes that I talked about, you know, geospatial technology, resilience, risk and water applications. So, yeah, the next few months are really, uh, you know, tremendous opportunities for anybody who's interested in water research. Uh, through the AWRA. That's Siddharth Saxena with Virginia Tech and the American Water Resources Association. The AWRA's Geospatial Water Technology Conference takes place in March. The AWRA and other organizations will be in St. Louis later this year for another major conference on water resources. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. 
But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? ...a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.